watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 1420 The Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. <coughs> uh, kind of a long day, kind of a long week. I got it's just some stuff going on. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, yeah. Um, there is any number of opportunity to uh, continue to work this week, which is a good thing, obviously. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm a little tired, honestly. Like, all day I've been tired. I The kids had piano tonight. The piano, the piano studio's right by a, like, little food court. Yeah. And so I went and had a couple of beers at like 5.30. And your day's toast. Yeah, so now I've got like that cocktail hour, you know. Uh, Sluggishness. That's right. That's the problem with beer at 5. If you stop, you're toast. Like you got you to gotta charge through the night <laughs> just just keeping it rolling. Otherwise, yeah. you just go down. Yeah. So that was uh, uh, that was my, my afternoon, but it was, it was nice. Uh, I started Tron with the kids. We didn't watch all of it because we got home a little too late. OG or the or the new one, the the nineteen eighty two version. Um, started that with the kids, and they're kind of making fun of it. But you could tell they were kind of into the storyline as well. They're kind of making fun of the like the uh, art, uh, yeah, the, the digital art, yeah. and uh, it, it's really kind of shocking how rudimentary it is, but. Um, that was state of the art, cutting right? edge, mind blowing stuff. That's what I was kind of telling them. I was like, this was the first thing like it. It was revolutionary. It was really, really cool. They, you could tell that they were really quickly into the story too. Um, these, this idea that you would go into the computer was just really natural to them. Um, but not in a like, oh, that's passe way. Like, Oh, okay. He's in the computer now. Yeah, that tracks. Because how I many? Think of all the media they consume, where that's just a part of the storyline. It's right. not innovative anymore. Right. It was then. It's, it's not anymore. I mean, there's an entire cartoon called Wreck It Ralph, where right. things are going in and out <laughs> of other games. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting because they didn't take for they they take it for granted that there's this underlying network, right? Mm -hmm. So you get like the master computer or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and they take it for granted that all the computers and programs are able to kind of like talk to each other, right? Uh, whereas in 1982, that was actually really kind of a... Al Gore hadn't invented the internet yet. Yeah, that was or, revolutionary. He was just working on it at that yeah. time or whatever. Well, so. he'd invented it. He just hadn't figured out a way to make it a thing yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, uh, it, it's interesting uh, the different experience they had versus I had, uh, you know, many, many moons ago. I think once you finish that, you should try the new one. And it's not new anymore. It's probably 15 years old. But Yeah, I don't think it's quite that old. But yeah, that, that was the plan. We'd watch this one and then catch up and watch the new one. I still can't get Mark down with like 80s movies. A couple of 90s movies he's okay with. But he just... They're a big miss for him. Yeah, no, we're we're fully we're full, fully committed. We, we've got full buy-in from the kids at this point on eighties and nineties movies. So, Ghostbusters, he's down with. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, but most of them are just yeah. <laughs> Whatever. How are you, Andrew? I'm good. I'm a little 
little tired. This was a busy weekend. I think probably one of my most productive weekends. Like yesterday, I, after I chased everyone from the house, I left and returned home to pick up kids from school. Just constantly moving and doing. And today was much the same. Uh, so yeah, just a little worn out. Looking forward to going back to work when I have pretty minimal expectations when I'm not at work. <laughs> And you go back to work tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have, I'll have tomorrow my nap day. It's my favorite day of the week. So I wake up, I'm up for a couple hours, I drink a beer, and I go to sleep for several hours, and I wake up, have dinner, go to work. It's the, <laughs> it's the best day. You just sleep for like... See, I'm afraid that if I was doing what you do, I'd do it the other way. I'd basically just plow and not get enough. You know... Like do a longer day that first day. I have a lot of coworkers that do that, but I need, I need to nap. Because yeah. otherwise, I'm up for 24, uh, probably closer to like 30 hours. And yeah, that's just, it makes for makes for a hard night of work, especially if it's like a slow, just slogging. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to stay awake. Fair enough. They really frown when you crash because you fall asleep at the wheel. Right. <laughs> and it's not like you don't, you're, you've got obligations during that nap time either. No. Everyone's at home or at school or at work. Like, they gone. Right. What else? I'd be playing video games. Yeah. I mean, I've texted you. Yeah, I was supposed to go to bed hours ago, but I'm playing this video game still. (laughs) Uh, Well, good. Good. We are going to talk about watches today. We are. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I think we're there. Are we? I think we're there. Oh. Yeah. We're going to do one of our little roundups. Mm Mm-hmm. One of our, there was enough stuff that had happened in the last couple of weeks that we yeah. thought, yeah, it's time that we kind of go back and talk about some of this stuff. Some of this stuff. Although there were a few things that I looked at today that I was like, did we talk about this in the last roundup? So um, we might miss some things. Yeah. And I was watching the State of the Union tonight and I felt like a cool episode would be the Watches of Washington. And as I as they panned around from politician to politician, I realized there actually though there were many watches, there weren't that many watches. There were many of the same watches. Yeah, yeah. I figure probably a lot of Apple watches. A lot of Apple watches. You know, things of that ilk. Yeah, kind of disappointed. Right. It's such a functional tool. I mean, the Apple Watch is really. Yeah, but you know what? Very that's, very functional. That's the watch for the staffer. Sure. You're you're the you're the figurehead. You should be wearing something different. Yeah, I, I actually don't think that most people's lives are even most people in Washington. I don't feel I don't think that their lives are organized the way we imagine them to be. With the staffer holding their four cell phones. No, I'm I'm sure they're not. I've I've been in in staff roles to senior folks, and that's not what it was like at all. It was mostly just like fire. Fire, fire, and you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off, putting out fires. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> with note cards also. It's like, here's your thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we are going to talk about watches, and and I figure it would be fun if we just plowed right in a, an announcement that happened today. Mm-hmm. And for you listening at home, it will have been a few days ago. Uh, but this is an announcement everybody knew was coming. Um. Yeah, announced today, February 29th, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so notice, so full disclosure, notice is a, a friend of the show. They've financially sponsored this show for several weeks. That sponsorship will 
well, it has actually in real time now expired. So you can now no longer use the clicker code. At, well, I, I don't know that. I, tried yeah, I don't it, know but, if they turn it off. Yeah. Uh, I think it was set to turn off today, March 1st. Um, but yeah. just full disclosure, Notice has supported us mm-hmm. in the past. And w- we hope that the, if the occasion comes up, they would do so in the future. But And we like them. The reason n- n- Notice and uh, 40 and 20 Watch Clicker have a good relationship is primarily because we fucking love Notice watches. And, and we're cool as fuck. And we're cool. So Notice announced its V2 uh, yes. of the Avalon diver. Which is probably closer to like V25 when you when you consider the way Aval- or Notice iterates their watches. Yeah, like what, do you mean, the, what do you mean by that? They, every, when they do a run, like their first run of a, of a release, they're like, ooh, we're going to tweak this one little thing. And then they tweak it. And every, every run, even when you're buying within the same version, they, they would make all these little tweaks. Or there's new colorways, but always little minor changes. But this is the official, very big, whole new Avalon 2. Officially announced today. I think that these are available for sale basically now-ish. Um, but the most interesting thing about the most interesting thing about this watch is that along with the watch, they also unveiled, again, not a, not a secret, but they also unveiled their Nodex dive extension or, or micro push button micro adjust mm-hmm. clasp that I know I've talked to Wes about this a number of times. Um, they've been developing this for a long time. There were some questions about, you know, is this a design that we want to protect? Um, is it not? And so they did They did unveil this today. It's an 18 millimeter, super sleek looking micro adjustable dive clasp, push button dive clasp, which mm-hmm. I really like. A squeeze push button. That's my flavor with quick release and links. Yep. Yep. Everybody's doing quick release, so you got to do them. But this... No different. It's got great quick release. They obviously, I think they have to forge those uh, quick release bars inside the bracelet as well. So You wouldn't believe the size of that tiny forge and tiny hammer that they use to forge them inside of it. It's something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, two things are true about two. I, I have two major sort of uh, feelings about this watch. One is... It's very, very, very the same, mm-hmm. um, which for better or worse, right? So I think part of me w- was thinking, oh, maybe they'll do something kind of crazy, uh, make big changes. They did not do that, um, which I think you can either say, well, that's a great thing that they've got this great watch and they didn't make too many changes. So now they still have this great watch. But but for those of you at home who wanted something outrageous and different i don't think that's this watch no but there are some pretty big changes it's dna is still there though yeah well i think more than the dna right it's still there we've got now applied indices Mm -hmm. and they look like really really nice applied indices and we've got a fantastic waffle dial that's probably the waffle dial is probably the biggest the biggest change and the applied indices. It just looks like an all around slightly more developed watch is what I would call it. I think that's a 
good way to describe it. Like it's it's through puberty now. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. This case shape is just phenomenal. Yeah, it's like I, long and sleek. It, it's a very sort of very Seiko case, I would say. Um, it's got those great cutouts mm-hmm. uh, towards the wrist, which was one of the things I really liked about the original Avalon when we had that for a while. Um, yeah, they've got this coral color. They've got a blue. They've got a white dial. These are all named. Coral is sold out. Oh, is the it? next batch is available? I think April is what it says. Um, which is which is soon. Yeah, second batch mid-April. That means they've got them probably already being manufactured. Yeah. So coral sold out. They're still black. That sea spray white with is just like a really crisp white. Yeah. So sea spray white, pelagic blue, trench black, and coral yellow. Coral yellow, which Warren and Wound is calling the Benavalon. Benavalon. I don't which, think that'll stick. I don't think so either. That's, gonna, that's a hard one to say. I, I I like that blue. I think I'd like it more with a black bezel like the rest of them. Because the black or the blue is the only one that has a matching bezel. Yeah. But they're all three black bezeled, but for the blue, which has a matching blue. <laughs> Ceramic bezels on these. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what, what more to say. I think all the finishing looks better. The finishing on the bezel, the finishing on the anglage, the case anglage looks better. The one thing I note is my one objection from the original Navalon, which is which was the fitment between the end link and the case, I thought was a bit discordant and the and maybe not quite as tight as I would have liked. Uh, that seems to still be a problem uh, based on the pictures. I obviously haven't seen one of these. I, I still wish that that was a little bit more a little bit less discordant. Uh, It's a pretty small, it's a pretty small thing at the end of the day. So the the majority of this watch looks fantastic. It looks really well made. And I think it's maybe my favorite entry from notice. Yeah. It's still just a fraction of a millimeter extending beyond that case. And I remember when we, when we had the Avalon in, we were, discussing it when it falls on the wrist it's almost not there but for some reason when it's when you've got flat lay it's quite noticeable yeah for me it's not so much the extension past the end of the case it's it's actually where the end link meets the cutout for the end link Mm. uh the finishing the the grain goes in different directions and uh again it's such a big broad flat surface there that Mm -hmm. i think it I think it pronounces that transition. And so part of me wants like a, a tighter, but I think what you get with a tighter connection there is probably harder fitment, um, harder to attach the bracelet or take the bracelet off. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe more money too. So um, it's, you know, <laughs> manufacturing watches is, is tough, no, especially at this, at this price. It Everyone is. does it. Just look at Kickstarter. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and so these are coming in $700 for the black and across the board, 700 bucks. Yeah, which is which is a fantastic price for this. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I talk about a new release? Uh, I do wish you would. I am excited for a G-Shock special edition. Yeah. <laughs> 
they just, or e- either they just announced or are just releasing, and I haven't checked if these are available yet, a special edition G-Shock Rubik's Cube collab. Yeah. And it's a G-Shock with a Rubik's Cube print dial. So you're looking at it from, I don't know what axis you would call that, from the at an angle down onto the Rubik's Cube. You've got under the th- corner. Yeah, under the top corner. You've got your you got a yellow, blue, red, completed sides. I think this would be a fun, uh, if it were incompleted, just a, like a really incoherent mash of colors. But I can dig why they're doing a completed, three completed sides. And it's fun. I'm, I'm digging what G-Shock, what Casio at, at, at large, and Timex are doing in fun collaborative releases and even citizens getting in on it with their star wars lineup i think it's just it's fun and i dig it i and so <laughs> i want do you know is this actually a collab with spin master or rubik's it's so it says with rubik's cube and i don't know if it's with like rubik's the company or with a with a somewhere higher up the umbrella uh so they have named this the uh g a e 2100RC-1A. And what is it? it says 150 bucks, which is right on par with the, the 2100 series. 150 bucks. You're not paying a whole lot extra. I don't know if they're going to be hard to get uh, or if they're going to sell out real quick, but um, all the things you love about G-Shock with a fun little flavor. White case, everything, everything good. As a as a cube guy, I I find this uh, compelling. Uh, I probably wouldn't wear it, and so I probably won't buy it. But it's it's a fun watch. You you wear a white G Shock all the time. It, I've got my white G Shock. I have no need for another white G Shock with can, a bold dial. I could see you wearing this. Yeah, Color, I mean, colored keeper and and uh, buckle on it. Rubik's logo on the on the strap. Are these hex? Uh, are these hex cheese shocks? These Casio cheese shocks um, a modest size? I I, I have to admit I've never worn one. Um, they're sized at. Oh yeah, that's got a Rubik's logo on the on yeah. the the strap. So it's a actual so, collaboration with Spin Master. So forty five point four millimeter case with a forty eight and a half lug to lug. Also, actually, really conservative for, for a G-Shock, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The Casio's—I mean, that's the—that's why people buy those metal, metal cases and bracelets for them, which I think are dope. And I always want to do it. I just never. I have. think I think they're too big. I, I think you would not like it as much as you think you would like it. No, right I, now. I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I, I at forty millimeters and thirty-eight and a half. I'm like, gosh, I want something a little smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's neat. Uh, I, I, I do. I do like that they've incorporated all the colors. All, all the things that you want. I mean, and these are kind of contemporaneously arrived into the social world, right? I mean, the, the 70s and the 80s where kids grew up wearing G-Shocks and playing with Rubik's Cubes because there wasn't Nintendo yet. That Like, Slinkies and Rubik's Cubes were the thing. Yeah. And you obviously did it wearing a G-Shock because... Of awesome, yeah. Well, I don't think G-Shocks had been invented when the Rubik's Cube was at the height no, of but its popularity. G-Shocks came into in the what they were invented in '86. Yeah, so I guess probably right 80, around the same time. It, 
83 introduced, Rubik's Cube introduced in 74. Okay. So some some contemporaneous existence. It's all it's all before me. And me. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. It's all before me. Uh the it, yeah, that that's a weird world. Rubik's Cube is a is a weird world. Uh yeah. Cause like, you know, starting I'm not sure, maybe fifteen years ago, people started maybe twenty years ago. People started taking stock Rubik's cubes that you'd buy at, at Target or whatever, and shaving down the parts. And then somebody was like, "I'm going to injection mold a better version of this." And this whole like cottage industry blew up, where everybody was selling via like Reddit or whatever these. Etsy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now you've got, you know, a handful of manufacturer of these things, Korea, mostly Asia, um, injection molding these speed cubes. And, you know, you've got like noticeable differences. You know, I've got a handful of these things, right? And it's just to feels totally different. I've got a modded, like probably 2005 Rubik's Cube where I took it and I sanded all the parts and lubricated it. And it's just nowhere near. It's nice. It's nice. It moves fast enough, but it's nowhere near as fast. I remember when I got my first speed cube and it was like, this is nuts. It, yeah. It's almost, it's like ball bearing free floating and OG Rubik's cubes. Are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When my grandpa died, uh, I took his Rubik's cube and it was from probably 76. Yeah. Maybe not <laughs> quite that early, but I still have it. I keep it away cause the plastic is kind of brittle mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't want the kids to break it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it because I, now I don't really have it out. It's just sort of stored away. Maybe I'll have it out when I don't have kids who are likely to break it. We can like dip it in an epoxy. Like, that might be kind of cool, full, actually. Do a full dip. It still works at this point. So maybe <laughs> if it breaks, I'll do that. I've got one that, I don't know, it's probably from 2000 that almost all, the colors are almost indiscernible. Like I have I have Sharpie marks for, <laughs> for the, the color name on there to... That's funny. Yeah. I just never, they, they weren't expensive. I just never got a new one. Uh, watches. Yes. Not Rubik's Cube, even though this is, you know, adjacent. Now, now, now Rubik's Cubing is adjacent to watches and we can talk about speed cubing. I feel like almost all the things we're going to talk about today are, no, there's not all I've, of them. I've got one set aside for the end. Okay. I feel like all of these except for one, two, Three. Okay. There. Yeah. This is unlike us. We've got some throwback stuff here. We're we're retro. This is mm. this is the retro edition of the watch roundup. So Tiso mm. PRX, a watch we've talked about on this show a lot. The tits out. Um, because it's a six hundred and fifty dollar. It's a six hundred and fifty dollar steel sport watch that feels like it's not cool as shit. Yeah. I guess. Uh, Tiso introduced this week i think or very recently if not it's, this yeah, week it's been the last 10 days um introduced a bit of an upgrade to the powermatic to the powermatic series so this is a steel still steel case steel bracelet but with an 18 karat gold fluted bezel mm -hmm. for, 
for twelve hundred dollars. Uh, so it, it's <laughs> a twelve hundred dollar uh premium. However, six hundred dollar bezel. That's so reasonable. <laughs> I've seen photos of these in. I've seen photos of these in with a blue dial. I think the only one that's available right now is the brown dial. Mm-hmm. Um, although you may be able to find the blue dial somewhere. Uh oh, yeah, no. So not not on the website yet. Not not on the website, but there is a blue dial somewhere. Uh, the brown has this pretty nice rose gold. Uh, they look like gold markers as well and hands. I would think so. It doesn't say. Yeah. Doesn't say. No, it doesn't say. Either way, you, we're, we're starting to get into like, you know, these are super thin. I think they're 11 millimeters or maybe even less than that. Um, we're starting to get into like pretty cool i mean obviously it's Tissot, right so it's not haute horology right this is a at a movement this is mm-hmm. a, a powermatic 80 which is a great movement uh it's but favorite movement it, it's yeah it's <laughs> 80 hours <laughs> i mean we're starting to get into pretty cool watch territory here I think it's a cool move in the affordable range to start experimenting with precious metals because yeah. this is still very affordable. I mean, it's eighteen hundred bucks, right? We're we're not talking about like affordable in in the normal sense of the word, but we're talking about it in the way of integration of precious metals, yeah, with cool technology with horological chops. This is like some cool playground territory that I I hope they play with because this this looks very much like like the prince uh like the tudor prince date sure date. sure and it has really similar characteristics it's still super thin i, I think the prince is probably going to be objectively better in every regard do you know is the is the bezel on the prince uh gold i know it is on the date just i don't know about the prince yeah the prince day date like the one xander has yeah that's that's a gold it is gold. It's gold and yeah. with, with gold links in the in the bracelet. Oh too. yeah, he's got a two-tone. He's got a two-tone. Yeah. But like even a for instance, even a steel date just yeah. has a gold bezel. Mm-hmm. So uh well white gold bezel. So. Right. It it does seem so I, I mean first we should just acknowledge this is a little derivative. Uh but who cares? A, who cares? And B, I, I like what they're doing. This is fun, right? This is all of a sudden becoming like kind of a, a, a I mean it, the PRX, the quartz PRX, super interesting. Yeah, Powermatic PRX, pretty cool. They're they're really capitalizing on the love that has been found for this watch. Eighteen karat gold bezel, Powermatic eighty PRX. I'm like starting to get kind of into it. It's kind of ninety six Lexus. It's You're like right. it's like <laughs> that's right. It's a little weird, but it's also really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and you're right too. It's it, it's not affordable. This isn't an affordable watch. This is a stupid amount of money to spend on a watch. It's a it's a dumb amount of money to spend on a watch. But here you are, and here we are, and we've done it. I'm interested. Well, we didn't buy this. I, I haven't. No, no. no How much I, money do we have in uh, Patreon? <laughs> uh, it's also funding TRX or PRX. Tiaras? Can we get tiaras? We could. Let's do it. They got to be 18 karat gold, and I only like Princess Cut. So <laughs> uh, it's also funding PRX purchases. So yeah. this uh, is great. Uh, I'm into it. Uh, I, yeah, 
I don't know what else to say about it. It's a PRX. It's right? a PRX, but it's got an 18 karat gold bezel on it. Yeah. For and the uh, fluted bezels are super underrated. They're hard to. I, I feel like they're not my style, but I love them. You know, I think I think watches are about to get weird. Do you think? I do. I think watches are about to get weird. I mean, as if they weren't already. No, I mean the the. Uh, no, we're weird. Okay. But watches are stodgy. So they were big, which was which was interesting. Big watches was interesting. And then it was like, okay, it's not interesting anymore. And and now they're small. But kind of like like boring still. Mm. And then you got colors, right? So you got Halios, like, let's do some fucking colors. And everybody's like, Yeah, let's do some fucking colors. And People are like, oh, yeah, colors. And then people are like, forgot about them. Hey, you remember the 70s? Those watches were weird. And so it's like, okay, yeah, let's get. I think the next step is fucking weird. You think they're going to outdo the 70s? Yeah, I think watches are about to get weird. I don't think you heard it here first. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. And that's the thing with weird, right? Sometimes it's just weird. Like, sorry, that's weird. Sometimes it's like, that's fucking cool. Well, like the brew, like the eight bit release he did. And yeah, yeah, we just talked about a Rubik's cube watch, man. I mean, not even the eight bit, the eight bits, like whatever the Rubik's cube is, whatever. That's like, I don't know. I I, I love John. I love the eight bit. It's cool. But that's like boring. Weird. Brew is weird. Yeah, the brand whole. brew is weird. 8-bit brew is like, man, eh. it tracks. <laughs> brew itself is weird. And I think that that's where we're going to start going. More of brew and not and not things that look or or act like brew, but more weird shit that people are going to be like, oh, that's weird. But the reason brew is successful is because he integrated this really weird niche thing into this other really weird niche thing. And it works independent of itself and it's totally cohesive. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows why he's successful? You know, it's like, if I could bottle that, I'd be a millionaire, but it, it's, it's, there's something there. The, the, the soil is fertile for some weird. I, I concur. I hope it's weird in colors though. I don't want to see like boombox watches. I do. Yeah, I mean, little, that's the thing. If it's but, contrived, people won't buy it. It's going to have to be cool and weird. And I'm going to be the weird guy within the weird community wearing sterile bezels. Can you imagine watches. the first time you saw a Royal... Can you imagine the first time people saw the Royal Oak? I mean, I mean, just imagine. All you've ever seen is traditional round case... Maybe yeah. some Tano, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, there's this fucking knucklehead in Switzerland and he designed this thing with screws on the front and holy shit, it costs how much? Get me one. Right. Yeah. People, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why people do what they do. I think that's where we're at. I guess that's, that's my point. Um, next up, you wanted to talk about Rolex. I do want to talk and about Rolex. And I feel Rolex. like we don't, I, I feel like we kind of don't talk about Rolex. We, we don't. And, and I wanted to talk about it because I came across this article. Um, who wrote it? Um, was it your mom? Could have been. <laughs> if it was, I would know. Um, it's from Watch Collecting Lifestyle. 
from the editor. There's no byline in this article I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong. You're looking at it too. Yeah. There's no, no byline. Uh, from the editor, counterfeit Rolex warranty cards are on the rise. Here's what you can do to protect yourself. What can you do? And I, so I, reading this article, and, and I think that um, I'm, I've been in a place where I'm pretty comfortable that I'm not going to, in the near future, be able to make an AD purchase of a Rolex. Because I'm not going to be able to go in and buy another watch to get on a waiting list to buy another watch. Hmm. It's just not... a and and that's maybe I'm incorrect in my understanding of how the AD relationship and purchase history works for acquisition of mm. Rolex watches. Mm. But as I understand it, you get preferential treatment with a purchase history. I, yeah, I think that that and, is the general. You know, they're all independent companies, mm-hmm. so it's. I don't have any ends, right? I don't, and I, I don't do sexual favors often <laughs> enough to to you know be able to do that. So, uh, but for other people, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so gray market is kind of my existence right now. Secondhand purchase is kind of the existence. And what I found is that if you want box and papers, you're paying two to three thousand dollars more, and. I never considered, you know, I, I, I fully understood that boxes are not necessarily counterfeit, but were often not a match to the watch that you were buying, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm less so comfortable realizing that there's a market out there for counterfeit warranty cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, suddenly now the sexual favor option at the AD seems much, much more appealing to me. So, so this article goes through a side-by-side of a counterfeit warranty card and a genuine warranty card and gives you three really easy side-by-sides to look for. Uh, how, how the watermark behaves in the UV light, um, the print on it, and then also the way that the, the actual embossing of the font on there. But if you are in, so so, if you are in the second hand or third hand or, you know, down the line Rolex market and box and papers is important to you, which it's important to me, this is worth taking a peek at. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it's something I would have just never even thought about. Counterfeit warranty cards? Come on. I know it makes sense. I mean, this, you know, Three by five card, if well done, maybe costs you a hundred bucks to make and is worth a couple thousand when paired with a watch that has a matching serial number on the card. Yeah. That's horrifying. It's just such dog shit that that's the, the secondhand market for, I mean, luxury goods, all luxury goods have this same problem. I just sure. wanted watches to be immune because I want one and I don't want to have to deal with counterfeit issues. <laughs> <laughs> seems seems reasonable enough that I can buy it from some shady guy in a trench coat. Yeah. Shouldn't have to worry about the card. Right. You, you know, it, it is, uh, it is, uh, it is a strange world we live in, man. People will, will spend probably not, uh, a, a not insignificant amount of money buy, to buy one of these. I would guess some people are buying them knowing that they're fake 
these cards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not like, and not to defraud anybody. I'm guessing some people buy these to have them for themselves. And, you know, it's just a strange world, man. No, I think people it's are buying them to sell their, their either, either counterfeit watch to make it look more legitimate or they're buying them to replace the one that was originally with their watch to make their watch more valuable because, because Rolex specifically is such a increasing value asset right now that if you can add, I mean, you've already tripled your money. If you bought a Rolex five years ago, if you can add another couple thousand to it for a pretty small investment. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Meanwhile, some developer pours a thousand hours into making an app and then people piss and moan that they want a buck 99 for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not even a buck ninety nine. I don't pay for. I don't buy apps. I only use the free ones. Ninety nine cents will get people up in arms. But give me one of those fake Rolex cards. One hundred fifty. That's a good deal. Yeah, exactly. Cyclops uh, at the nine. This is just such a strange time. Uh, yeah, I I don't care about this article. I don't care about <clears throat> Rolex care. cards or whatever. I, but. I was interested by it, and it was a very much a an eye opener onto my hunt. Can we talk about something else I don't care about? That their MSRP is going up. Who's MSRP? Rolex. They increased oh. the the Explorer. I mean, they're going up across the line, but they increased the Explorer like fifteen percent this you, year. You know, we, we don't have to we, we don't have to go down this, but, but, but uh, just food for thought. When you're at home, you're driving in your car. There's a pretty reasonable school of thought that says Rolex should increase their MSRP to meet demand. That Rolex yeah. should raise their rates to equalize demand. Uh, correct. Uh, it, it's it, it that's not uh, I mean it's an argument to be had there right that's not a certain uh, uh, value statement but there's a school of thought okay Gerard Perigo another brand I don't care about let's talk about him oh yeah I looked at this article <laughs> and I thought it was interesting that you sent it to me because I was like this is a me watch uh, so so back in the back in the in the olden times early days there were no such thing as quartz watches or even electronic watches. All the watches had these metal things inside them with gears and springs. It's crazy. Uh, but in the late, in the sixties, mid sixties. Okay. I'll stop. But during the quartz crisis, Gerard Perigo being Gerard Perigo, this fantastic luxury brand was like, we don't get us some of that. And so they they released a very pulsar looking mm-hmm. watch. Uh, they're calling this a driving viewing angle, I think. So it's got basically a shroud all the way around this, but it's pulsar looking mm-hmm. um, with the red LEDs, uh, black dial, and it faces you as your you know wrist on a steering wheel. It, I it guess, doesn't. Is it's, the idea. it's perpendicular to your wrist angle so it's not you'd have to like be driving well i put the seats way back and put my yeah. arms straight out exactly so then it's facing perpendicular to your that's right line. so the passenger can read it oh yeah i guess your passenger could read it <laughs> uh so anyway it's co-pilot in that case <laughs> this is a four thousand dollar pulsar lookalike or maybe forty five hundred. Oh, where is the price Forty-seven hundred. Actually, that's francs. Uh, euros forty-seven, 
francs 4500 usd's 4700 so a bucket uh it's a bucket <laughs> and so i this should i shouldn't have any interest in this watch i the, should have the cassette 2.0 released it's spelled with a q yeah the casquette so interesting no, cassette this is an interesting thing they call this the cassette you think not casquette anyway they call this the whatever one of those two words 2.0 but the original watch was not called the cassette it was called i think it's probably casquette something else and basically the general public nicknamed it that and so now Gerard Perigo has released this thing uh, fairly faithfully. It, it looks very, very similar. Um, it's obviously beautiful. It's made with a matte ceramic. Yeah, it's cool. Finish and titanium. So superior materials. The movement is, I don't know, it's oh, maybe kind of a whatever movement. It doesn't do anything really novel. Obviously, it's going to be accurate. Uh, it's as just uh, this is actually just a fuck you watch is what this is and i shouldn't like it the uh no no no. so the but i like it the forged carbon and titanium was auctioned for eighty thousand francs yeah i think that's uh so are these ceramic the so they did a one-off a few years ago yeah the one watch for 2021 yeah that that's not this hmm. That's not this. So this is a general release. That was a eighty thousand dollar only watch twenty twenty one. This is cool. I I love this design. This like space odyssey. This is you know mm-hmm. watch designs from the seventies that were supposed to be for the twenty twenties. That this is what they expected watches and technology to look right. like. And there was a miss, like a, a significant miss. So in order to to be correct, they're re-releasing these. I'm like, no, no, we were right. It this feels is what watches look like in the twenties. In the Tomorrowland, yeah, uh, it feels very Tomorrowland. Uh, I, you know, I, I hate that I like this watch. You hate that you you like all of these digital watches. No, this that is the first. Up. This is the first one of these I've ever seen that I was like, eh, I kind of like that one. Oh man, I I dig this. I could never go for it. I would, you know, I don't think I'd even get a Pulsar as much as I like them cuz they're well, just kind of weird like Well, so right, there's the, the the Hamiltons. Yeah, the Hamilton Pulsars. Uh there's the Yemas, there's I think like Armatron makes a cheap one. Bolova does one like this with the same uh angled viewing um or is it Citizen? I don't know. Maybe they both do. Uh, the reason I like this one is because it's like all fucking fancy ass materials. That's why I like this one because it's like titanium and ceramic. It's just I, ridiculous on every level. I think I I I, I want it to be like a two thousand dollar watch. Well, I, of course you do, because then you're like, oh, I can maybe do that. I, <laughs> I could maybe work Saturday and make this happen. <laughs> I think it's about $2,000 too much money for me to ever think about. Mr. Arperigo, I mean, what do you want? Yeah. That's, that's right. Like, that's, this is an entry-level watch for They them. get to charge for their name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, they get to. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have to really a, say about the that. The only thing, the, if you're top viewing this watch, the only thing you see is the GP logo. And a little, just a trace of the button. But, right, and that, that GP logo's in titanium, so it's like <laughs> recessed into that ceramic case. There's a titanium GP logo. <laughs> That's a weird bracelet. It's my watch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do, it, it would be a little, yeah, awkward. I love it. It'd yeah. be nice for like, uh, like if you're sitting at your desk and you, you actually write 
with a with a pen and pad. You just look straight down on your watch. There's no rotation. Or if you have like a numb arm, you just. <laughs> That's a real guy. I know. Just make that a baller arm, you know? Uh, yeah. It's super conservatively sized. I actually suspect this is going to be much smaller than I would want it to be. It's 35. I think like 34 millimeters oh, across. That's going to be the right size. It's a square, so it, yeah. you know, it's a cube. But um, yeah, so it, it's going to have some some wrist presence, but the dimensions are going to be deceptive. I think like 43 millimeter lug to lug and 40 uh, or 34 across. I, I think that's going to be right. So. What do you got? Marin Instruments. Yeah, is that m- Marin? M- Mar- I think it's Marin. I like Marin. Yeah. Marin Instruments. I I uh I think I read something or heard this guy talking on a podcast or something about how he was wanting to make uh, a brand called Marine and then was like, eh, maybe I'll just drop that E off." Yeah. Cuz he's from like the Midwest or something. Uh yeah, like Kansas. Yeah, I can't Kansas, Iowa, doesn't matter. So we'll get there. Um, article I have pulled up it has pulled up for it is on Hodinkee. I believe you're gonna see one of these featured shortly on our website. And if not, I think Mike has it, right? Is it Mike or Will who has it? I don't know. It, you, are we doing a review on the? Is somebody doing a review on the Fieldmaster? No, somebody has the has the diver. Okay, doesn't don't they? Does Mike have one? Uh, so maybe I'm wrong. Doesn't matter. Marin's been around for a while though, right? 2019. Yeah, a couple years. So so we've got we've got a couple things that that we're working with here with Marin. First, I was wholly unaware of their of their first dive watch until uh, the second watch came out, and the second watch has been I don't know how recently, uh, not released but uh, announced. And made available for viewing. But this is a cool brand. This is this I think kind of captures the weird <clears throat> that you're looking at. So he this uh Yeah, I actually don't think these are weird at all. I think I, that these are freaking it's really freaking cool, but I think it captures the weird. So the founder, uh Justin Walters, first of all, he's gonna be he's gotta be cool as shit because he works for the Department of Energy. And on satellites, and that's all you get to know. Also, he was like a skateboard designer for Girl, yeah. I think. For skateboard designer. Designed some, there's some photos of sleds that he designed. But he recently released a GMT chronograph diver known as the Fieldmaster. And I think if you're going to actually, if, if you're going to be so bold as to name something the Fieldmaster, this is maybe the first watch to be deserving of said title. A GMT chronograph diver. And when you think about those things all together, you, you think you might hate it. It, I don't hate it. Nope. Nope. I love it. Nope. It's love super it. 60s and 70s. Everything is really subtle. You know, you've got a single pusher chronograph. Great crown guards that balance it, that kind of give it a, a, a cool asymmetric in in one quadrant case. Square lugs, flat yes. case top. A nine o'clock date 
which is just weird enough for me to really dig it. A three o'clock chronograph wheel, a not off colored, but matching handset for the GMT. Like this, what? Yeah, well, I think he's got. I think he's got two concepts for the for the yeah, hands. So yeah, but one, the, I like the white. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I actually kind of like the primary color. Has has a bit of a fairer vibe. I, I was just thinking it's the blue that gives it the fairer vibe for me. That kind of turquoise, not turquoisey, like periwinkly blue. It's very fairer, and I think it was with the so many colors. But that all white is super cool. And this guy is just just banging out now two really really well developed really vintage inspired true to the design but upgraded in all the right ways watches and i'm i'm excited about it no price yet yeah no price i think gonna be two grand was my guess if i had to guess yeah if not more i mean i i don't know what movement they're planning to use for these but the gmt and the chronograph so it's a monopusher chronograph um, is there a movement that does these things shit man i don't know you, you know i think that there are a lot of these like a 7750 i think you can stack modules on it but yeah but then you're looking at like a tower <laughs> you have the leaning tower yeah. of Fieldmaster on your watch so i mean it, it's it, if it's quartz i'm sure that there are options um and, and maybe that's what he should do frankly uh because i think you start talking about custom modules on anything mechanical um, and this thing's going to be expensive. Yeah. So I think the skin diver uses an SW200. It does. Which is a great, that's just a great movement. Uh, if if you want Swiss, I think that that's probably one of the most obvious choices for kind of entry level. This is certainly under a thousand. I'm, I'm not sure the skin diver's entry level, but um, yeah, this exciting, fun watch. Bears, bears the Swiss made stamp. Yeah. Yeah, for for that's for nine hundred bucks. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, I, I think that there are some uh, some questions about whether or not you want that or need that. But there are certainly some questions. But there's, I mean, top of mind, Chris Ward's the only brand that's beating that price point for similarly featured watches. So I got two quick things to talk about. Do them fast. <laughs> I don't. We're never fast. Um, only fast <laughs> so the first one stratton yacht racer quartz this is a i you know stratton is a weird company stratton is a company that feels like it's very much in our wheelhouse i know we've talked about stratton on the show before um but not something that has ever been super interesting to me um their designs are just kind of not really not really the types of designs they go for they've got sort of that sort of classic hoyer tonneau chronograph thing going on Mm -hmm. right Uh, and they've got many many different designs but generally a little bit a little bit too motorsports for me they have just introduced a series of Yacht Racer Quartz Unicompacts Chronographs. Um, and I fucking love them all. These are all... There's a ton of terrific colors. They're all 
I'm not sure I'd call these weird. When I said shit's going to get weird, I don't think this is what I was talking about. But it's it's kind of there, right? These are very 80s. There are, like, there's a Miami Vice version. There's an Oregon Ducks version. That's exactly what they did, too. What's that? It's Oregon Ducks. That's that's what it is. Right. They're like 260 bucks. It's a quartz. This is a quartz watch. Uh, so, you know, they're able to keep prices on that low. Um but I think these are terrific and fun and practical. Um, you know, it, it, this is a, a super neat watch. And we'll have a link here uh, in the sh- We'll have a link here in the show notes. But you should check them out. If you're looking for an affordable, bang around, cool color quartz watch from a reputable company. Yeah. I dig them. Yeah. So uh, just a. Just That's a right few specs. Kind of K size 42, lug to lug 48. Um, these have got the 6S21 Miota Quartz movement. Uh, you know, all, all, all the specs. 10, 100 meters of water resistance, uh, sapphire, good loom. I think these are only like, I can't remember, 12 thick. That's pretty thin. I mean, even for a quartz chronograph, that's thin. Yeah. Yeah. And a killer price. They're attractive. Great price. Yeah. That's a win all around. 20 millimeter lugs. Now it's... Do they have bracelets or are they all on straps? I think they're all on straps. I don't see a bracelet option on the website. But you can still get the Oregon Ducks version, so... That's what matters. I can't... <laughs> I'm, I've never been the guy to like rock like green and yellow Oregon Ducks Jordans or whatever but occasionally I'd wear the watch yeah I might wear that too. Uh, it looks like these are marked down from 319 so they may go up relatively soon but <clears throat> there's three shoppers looking at the green and yellow one right now you must be one of them <laughs> so one more thing to talk about yes Orion Nick Harris our good friend, uh, the the mad genius, the angry watchmaker, uh, as he as he sort of refers to or has referred to himself, uh, just introduced uh, a new watch, and, and that's I talked to some people that were a little deflated by the fact that this is not a new watch; it is a new dial in an existing case. But o- Orion introduced this last week. Uh, the Tesseract. Will did a first look and wrote it up on our website, so we'll put a link to that in the show notes um, where, where you can see kind of the details. But basically what he's done, um, what Nick has done, is take a Hellcat, the existing case bracelet and movement from a Hellcat, and put a completely novel um, 100% American made handmade much of it handmade dial inside of a Hellcat uh, I think they only made 19 of these and and so it's not like um, who turned these out what's that who turned these out these are just beautiful so so yeah you know I think that there is a bit of um, 
I think that there is a bit of anxiety. You know, we we heard I've heard a lot of people say this is beautiful, this is stunning, this is really cool. Um, are we going to be able to get one? I've also heard some folks say, "Well, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand this," and, and I think that's okay. It's okay, but I, I we're in this weird community, which I think people's gut reaction is to say that's a five hundred dollar watch that costs two thousand um, dollars, which is is just tough. Uh, it, it's tough because it's a kind of a normal feeling to have so um because in some cases it's true I and mean, when you look at some some startup brands some even some kickstarter brands and you look at how their watch is specced you can recognize immediately that it is specced comparatively to other 500 hundred dollar watches and they are charging more for it because they believe they can yeah this is not that this is not that. So I do some of the more well uh, spoken criticisms I heard regarding this were that it was a kind of a letdown that Nick's been teasing these test racked photos and to not have a new case, new bracelet, new mm-hmm. anything, but just to have the dial that had been teased. Um and, and and another that four thousand dollars is a lot to spend for a Miyota nine thousand movement. Um, I, I think that both of those are kind of in the realm of reasonable. I, I also know that Nick is a reasonable businessman. I know that his margins are in the realm of reasonable. We've talked before about his engraved watches, and he's like, "Well, this is how much it costs. There's demand for these. I've got the ability to make these." And so I'll make them and my margin's going to be And that's reasonable. how much it costs to engrave the entirety of a <laughs> that's watch. Right. That's, that's right. Like, so basically what he's done is make a special edition Hellcat. A very, very, very special edition Hellcat. Um, with an engraved dial that's gorgeous. Yeah, these are next level. With a... Can you imagine one of those dials in the engraved case? Whew. 0.2 millimeter nameplate uh, that speaks of sort of classic old horology um, with hand polishing and chamfering, custom typeface engraving, you know, all of these, all of these sort of fancy, fancy, fancy details. So uh, I think these are really cool, man. They're, Beautiful handsets. Yeah. <clears throat> beautiful dial everything here is just deliciously done um yeah and and, you know the nice thing about these is they're only 19 made and so i don't have to stress about whether or not i'm gonna buy one no because you're just not gonna be able to get one (laughs) right yeah i mean it's nice like i i think this is a fun i think this is a fun thing to be able to put out into the world and I support the shit out of it. I, I understand why people would want a new case and new bracelet to go along with that. But then it's not a $2,000 watch. Well, I want to say something else. Then I, it's a, it's a $4,000 watch. I think the Hellcat is maybe the most underrated watch case I've ever encountered. So I've tried on, I've tried on, all of the sort of 
date just like micro brands at this point, I think, or at least most of them. Um, and the Hellcat's something different. Uh, I, in my mind, I think it's ergonomically design wise, it's a little bit different and really, really, really good. I like my Hellcat. Mm-hmm. I think if I had designed that dial, I might do something a little bit different with it. Uh, I didn't. And so I didn't, but um, that case is really special. So I, I'm totally fine with him using that existing infrastructure. Because it's terrific. It, I, I think probably, I mean, so I'm looking it up right now. The Hellcat's what, 560? 725. Yeah, I think I bought mine for, oh, I don't think I spent that much on it. So they're 725 right now. I, I think now that's a reasonable price for it. Because previously they were in the... I think they were in the fives, weren't yeah, they? I don't know what I paid for it. I, I can't, I actually, as I sit here right now, I can't remember. I thought Maybe they were 650. I thought they were a little bit less, but, but I, I thought he was undercharging for them. And now I think he's, he's right dead nuts on what I like somebody who looks at a bucket load of watches and I think seven, seven twenty five yep. dead nuts on. Yeah. But it's just such a fucking cool watch. It's super comfortable. It's one of the most comfortable watches I've ever worn. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right. It, it, the you Tesseract. Know, of the... I tried on a handful of watches all kind of at the same time looking for a sort of small-ish, you know, sterile bezel, simple bezel sport watch in the 500-ish dollar range. And that was the one I landed on, so... It's a good one to land on. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for watches. That's all I got for watches, I think. On review. Yes, that's all I have for watches. <laughs> well, what about other things? Other things, Andrew, what do you got? I got a thing. Tell I me. watched a... I started a new TV show. We can't both do TV shows. We have to. All right. Because I already picked mine. <clears throat> I started Vikings Valhalla and it is a Netflix carried sequel to the history channel Vikings It's set a hundred years ish in the future of where Vikings ended the history channel version of it a hundred years in the future a hundred years after the events of Vikings. That's a better way to put that. Because 100 years in the future was like, that's a future and you shouldn't be a Viking 100 years from now. There's some some problems there. I can be a Viking right now if I want to. You could. Uh, I, I gotta say, I've seen I've seen plenty of Viking cosplay at like Rena Fests, like Instagram reels and I, I'm... <laughs> you, you've been I'm interested in I'm, I'm interested in going uh, just based off of the people that I've seen going to those or posting videos of themselves in, in them. Um... <clears throat> Unimportant. The show, when I... So what what made me realize even that it had been released was that I read an article that said, make sure you watch the only show or one of the few shows that has 100% on Rotten Tomato. And I read the article and they put a huge disclaimer in that there were only 13 reviews as of the writing of the article. But it was at 100% on Rotten Tomato. As it stands right now, I think it's in the 80s, maybe 90s. I don't recall. I looked earlier. doesn't matter. It is really well acted. Good story. 
but slow. Yeah, I was thinking there was a sl- there was a slow or a butt in there, but slow. I I'm watching Vikings because I want to see Vikings Viking stuff, like like head smashing, like heads and- like good battles, and, and I I don't feel like it has the same um, grandeur that the History Channel version did. And the history version felt like an HBO series, minus sure. the boobies, right? It felt like a, a PG-rated Game of Thrones. <laughs> and they did a good job for their PG rating in the way of action sequences. It's surely and, not PG-rated. No, it's PG-13. It's on the History Channel. Yeah, but TV-14 or something. Yeah, it's TV-14. No boobies. What I'm getting at, and and even the violence was like the the gore was toned down, subdued violence. A, a lot of it was like secondary, like splatter kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but thus far, I've I've been a little let down by what I was hoping for. If if I take this the show just through the lens of oh, it's a it's a historical, semi nonfiction. Right, I mean, it's kind of an interpretation of some sort of historical basis. Yeah, there's there's some foundation there, but also how how nonfiction can you be based off of scrolls? You know, it's a, just a touch of a letdown for me thus far. I've enjoyed it, and I think if you go into it through the lens of you're watching a historical drama with a little bit of action flair, but well acted up to this point, you're gonna enjoy it. I've been a little let down and wanting more like axes in the faces. Yeah. Because that's what I want when I watch Viking shows. you watch shows. Viking shows, yeah. you want axe and face. Yeah. I want I want the, the two shall meet. Axe and face. Yeah. I also watched part of Last Samurai today and I forgot how bad that movie was, but also how good that movie was. Yeah, fuck that movie. I hate every single thing about that movie. I liked the action sequences today. Yeah. I, that movie just makes me mad. It's, it's even, not good. Good battle scenes. There's so many problems with that movie. Of course I there want, are. I don't even want to talk about it. Of course there are. It's a Tom Cruise movie from like 2006. <laughs> it's very bad. Let's start with Tom Cruise. Uh, so I've so this is a little awkward, Andrew. Okay. Because I've also got a show. Do it. Uh, is it also Vikings Valhalla? It's not Vikings. Oh. Which is good. That would be more awkward. Yeah. Uh, We just deal with that. Uh, No, it's... Well, actually, it's maybe more awkward because I've had this same exact experience with... So, the name of the... You've watched the show and used it as another thing before, haven't you? Uh, No. Okay. The name of the show is All of Us Are Dead. It is a Korean zombie uh, zombie show series. Oh. Um, I don't know the director... Uh, not someone I'm not someone I'm familiar with. Uh, I don't know any of the actors. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of it just pulled, popped up. The tile popped up one day, and I was like, "Let's give this a run." I'm now eight of twelve episodes in, and I've enjoyed all eight episodes. I it's one of those shows that always keeps me wondering if something's going to happen, right? Mm, like that's good. The acting is no, it's not good. Hear me out here. Oh, oh God, we have the same complaint. <laughs> yes, exactly. The acting is good. 
unlike your show, there are access to the face. I'm, I'm trying to wonder if there's literally access to the face. I don't think maybe there. Well, are, it's a high school, so they don't have access there. But they are zombie killing. It's got a bit of a. It's got a bit of a sort of coming of age feel to it. What's the name of that uh, Canadian teen sitcom soap opera sitcom? Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. No, no, no. <laughs> the the one that everybody and their mother was on. You, someone at home is yelling the name of this show right now. Um, it's like one of the most popular shows of all time. Uh, anyway, I'm Lost not, Boys. I'm not, <laughs> no, it's Canadian. It's a Canadian sitcom, like a daytime. Anyway, it's like a high school teenage. Oh, Glee. Jesus Christ, Andrew. <laughs> Please go away. <laughs> I can finish without you. <laughs> all we need is a bye bye. Yeah, I got it. Somebody can do that. See yourself out. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> The acting's really good. The tension is good. The action, it's scary. This, this, the fear and stress is palpable. They know at how to times. do zombies. Um, and, you know, the, the emotions and the storylines are interesting, but there's always that like feeling like, okay, is the, is the thing that I'm waiting for. Okay, what? Not this episode? Okay, maybe it'll happen next. But it's got enough that I like, we'll start the next episode, right? And mm -hmm. so, um, two thirds of the way through, I, I think I'm either in or through episode eight right now. So it still might happen. I will say it's been a little bit more stressful than I wanted. There have been times where I thought, I, I need a little bit of a break. I need a break because this is, and I need something to happen. Um, but other than that, it's been really, really good. I'm tired of being on edge. I just need it to happen. Edging uh, is a thing, people. I would say, uh, I'd say pull it up. I'd say pull it up if if you're interested. If, if, it, if the idea of that interests you at all, I'd say pull it up. The directors don't have Wikipedia pages. Uh, it, yeah, I'm telling you, it's like one of I, the, I've seen this tile and I've almost watched it a couple times. Is it in Korean? Like, are you having Degrassi, to watch it Degrassi. That's the name of the show. Degrassi. 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 Yeah. Like as a Neil. Different. Oh, uh, yeah. Pull it up. If you like zombies or you like Hitching sort of South Korean. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or if you like South Korean, sort of that that South Korean cinematic style, uh, I'd say pull it up. It's really it's been really good. It's weird that we're both recommending TV shows that we're just kind of medium on, but also have really liked. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, such is life. We, there, there's more there's more options than loved it, hated it. Yeah, yeah, there are more options than that, and there are things in between loved it and hated that are worth our time. Yeah. Squid Games was one for me. I was pretty medium about Squid Games. I watched it and I was like, I don't understand. I I just It's don't. just a it's just Squid Game. There's just one game, Squid Game. No, but they played they played six games. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I don't understand why it took the world by storm. I loved it. I loved it. The moment I started it, I could not stop watching it. I loved it. I had to force myself through the first episode for the sake of being it's, aware of what has happened. It's nuts to me.
I loved it. I, I don't get why it took the world by storm. I turned it on and I was like, I need to watch the second episode. I was that way with Tiger King and I was not that way with the sequel. Season two or whatever the Tiger King two was, was just not good. I haven't even turned it on. I've heard nothing but good. Nothing but bad. Yeah, don't, don't bother. Unless you have Carol and, uh, and Tiger King duking it out, it's not worth my time. See, he got resentenced. Did he? Yeah. They took a year off. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Andrew, uh, Andrew, you got anything else you want That's to add? That's it. We had a bunch of other things there at the end. We've I was got rapid music, firing them. We got music playing, so you better spit it out. Hey, thanks you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 or at Watch Clicker. See some pictures. Uh, regular, pretty regular updates. Uh, check us out on the website. More importantly, watchclicker.com. That's where you'll find weekly reviews, articles, first looks. And of course, every episode of this podcast. If you want to support this show or our website, watchclicker.com, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look, guys, your support is really appreciated. That's how we pay for all of our microphones, all of our software, all of our hosting, and all of that stuff adds up. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.